Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. One of the verses that carried me and my husband through, and one of the things we focused on was Psalm 23, verses 1 through 4. And I think parents think the rod is for for discipline, but what the rod does is it guides. It's gentle. The sheep, the, the sheep were never beat by the shepherd. The sheep were guided and loved. And if a shepherd went, if a sheep went wayward, what did the shepherd do? He went out and got that one sheep and carried it back. And that's what we're to do with our children. If they go wayward, that's not the time to beat them or you know bow beat them or or you know get on them. That's the time to gently bring them back and carry them back and say, okay, you know this is how we're going to deal with this. Our kids are watching us because I said so. Just doesn't cut it sometimes. Our words and our actions need to match up for authentic parenting and pointing our children to the Father. We're joined today by Lucille Williams. She's a national speaker as well as an author and a regular guest here on Connections. Today in Connections, she's going to share with us how we can stay calm in difficult situations and guide our children towards God. Lucille Williams is our guest today. She's a national speaker and author. She's ministered to couples and families for more than 25 years. She's a pastor's wife and the author of a book that we've been talking about for the past year titled The Impossible Kid, Parenting a Strong-Willed Child with Love and Grace. Now, it's been a little while since we've had you on the show, so just remind our guests who you are and a little bit about your book. Yes, I have a book titled The Impossible Kid, Parenting a Strong-Willed Child with Love and Grace. I did that book with my daughter. She writes her perspective at the end of each chapter, which is just lovely to to see her perspective on things. And that's my third book. My first one was From Me to We to Help Engaged Couples uh, Get Started. And then my second book was The Intimacy You Crave to Help uh, Married Ladies with Their uh, Relationships with Their Husband. So you know everything from kids to marriage. (laughs) You've got it all. Oh, I don't know about that, but I certainly (laughs) have gone through a lot of things. And today we're chatting about chapter six of your book, The Impossible Kid, Because I Said So. Tell us a little bit about Because I Said So and where we're going with this. I think that's a parent's phrase, right? You know, they, well, why? Why do I have to do that? I don't want to. Because I said so. It's like, we just, that just seems to be our go-to thing. But if we use that too much, it really, it's the way we live. It's not our words. It's not because I said so that they're going to follow what we say. It's the example that we set. And having said that, I understand that as a parent, it's so hard to do that all the time. There was one time I was, I had, I had three kids at one time. Well, I still have three kids, but at this particular time, they were all in three different schools, if you could imagine. And I was dropping them off and picking them up each day. And my youngest was in elementary school. And uh, my oldest was was already gone, but I had my middle child who was in high school and we were dropping off the youngest Joey at the elementary school. And I was, I just wanted to get going. I didn't want Tim to be late. And I went in the bus loop and I hear all the moms out there gasping because you know, you don't go in the bus loop. You got to follow the rules. Like you cannot, you know, do that. And, but there was no bus around. I'm like, no big deal. So I just went in the bus loop. I'm like, come on, you know, get out of the car. Well, the, the, you know, the yard duty lady saw me and comes over to my car 
And she started screaming something, uh, you know, through the window. And I just drove off. I'm like, I'm not dealing with this today. I'm just not dealing with it. <laughs> so as, as we drive away, my teenager, uh, you know, it's silent. And then he says, that was rude. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, busted, right? You know, he, he got to see the way I did this, right? And then I'm like, well, I didn't say anything. It's better than what I was thinking, which that incriminated me more, right? That did not make me look like a good parent or a good uh, Christian woman at all. So I dropped him off at school. But then, you know, throughout the day, I'm thinking that was bad. That was really bad. So when I picked my boys up, I'm like, guys, you know, mom really blew it today. I'm, I'm so sorry. That was, you know, and then I found out that Joey got yelled at from the, you know, the yard duty lady. So that made me feel even worse. <laughs> And um, so we had a little discussion and my, you know, my teenager reprimanded me and he said, mom, you know, you can't act like that. I go, I know, I know you're right. I'm sorry. (laughs) So my point is, you know, when you act like that, when you do things, when I say like that, you know, that that's how I describe it for myself, because I, I, you know, I do things that, you know, act like that and I shouldn't. And but we need to own it because our kids are seeing that. And so if if we say, yeah, you're right, I shouldn't. And I'm sorry. And what I told my boys that day was I'm not going to do it again. I won't go in the bus loop again. I promise you. And and I didn't. That was the only time I did it. And then I stopped. But that was something my kids did. Like they knew they could call mom out if they saw an inconsistency with what I was teaching them and the way I acted. They could say, hey, mom, that was rude. Or mom, that wasn't very nice. Or you weren't very nice to that person or whatever. I allowed them to do that because they're seeing it. They, they know your kids, you know, we think as parents that we're going on doing our parenting thing and our kids are just like going along with the program. But when we're not around, they're talking to their siblings and they're like, can you believe mom did that? <laughs> so I'd rather my kids talk to me about it and we would have discussions. So I was always open to, you know, letting them speak into what they saw. I find that really interesting. Like you're, you're letting your kids hold you accountable. And I feel like so many parents would be like, that's my child. They can like, that is a no, I'm the boss. They're the child. Right. But um, that accountability, it sounds like opens up a lot of conversation and honesty and transparency with your kids too. Then. Yeah, absolutely. Because now they see you as human. They see that, you know, you don't have this thing down. You're not perfect. And then when they mess up, they can come to you and they know, well, I've seen mom mess up. So it's okay to tell her about when I mess up. And it's, you know, how we respond to those things. Because if, if when our kids make mistakes, we're just going to be heavy handed with them, then they're really, they're, they're going to be, you know, less, you know, willing to open their hearts to us. But when we are gentle in the way that we parent them, I think they open their hearts to us. This is extremely important, especially when we're trying to live our Christian life and our Christian lifestyle. We we have to remember these things as well. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the one of the verses that carried me and my husband through and one of the things we focused on was Psalm 23, verses one through four. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Yeah, that's my Bible turning you here. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And I think parents think the rod is for 
for discipline. But what the rod does is it guides. It's gentle. The sheep, the, the sheep were never beat by the shepherd. The sheep were guided and loved. And mm-hmm. if a shepherd went, if a sheep went wayward, what did the shepherd do? He went out and got that one sheep and carried it back. And that's what we're to do with our children. If they go wayward, that's not the time to beat them or, you know, bow beat them or, or, you know, get on them. That's the time to gently bring them back and carry them back and say, okay, you know, this is how we're going to deal with this. Like, for instance, my, my uh, middle son, when he was in elementary school, he got out of the car one day and I heard him jiggling. And I'm like, Tim, you know, what's going on? Why, what's, what's in your backpack? Why are you jiggling? Well, he had all this money in his backpack and I knew right away he had stolen it from his dad because my husband had this big change bucket and I'm like, where'd you get that? And he's like, well, I took it from dad's bucket. I'm like, you stole the money from dad. He's like, yeah, I go, okay, we're going to, we're going to deal with this after school. So he went to school. And so, you know, you, you know, at this point you're like, oh my goodness, I have a little thief in the family and you know, you can freak out, but I knew we need, my husband and I knew we needed to, to deal with this gently. So we sat him down and we said, okay, what's going on? Why are you doing this? Well, as it turns out, he was taking this money. He was going to the red cart. The red cart was the thing in the lunchroom where the kids could go up and buy little treats and snacks and things like that. Well, he became very popular because he was buying all his friends stuff from the red cart. So he was buying friends, basically. <laughs> So now, you know, it's like he, you know, so you kind of get a picture of, you know, he was having a hard time making friends and we're like, okay. And, and he just wanted to be like the other kids. And so when we explained to him, honey, you know, it's not okay to steal money from dad, you know, he got it. But then what we did was, okay, we tried to calculate how much money do you think you've stolen over the last few weeks? And we added up how much that was. And then we made a chart and we said, okay, these are jobs you're going to do. And as you do these jobs, this is how much money we're going to pay you. And as we pay you, you're going to put that money in a jar. And when this jar amounts to the money that you stole from dad, you're going to give it back to dad. So we, you know, we didn't ground him. We didn't discipline him. This was, you know, the consequence. He stole the money. Now he's going to pay it back. And then after he paid it all back, I told him, okay, I understand the red cart's really important to you. So I will give you money to go to the red cart, you know, now and then, not every day, but now and then. And if you want to share snacks with your friends, just tell me what you want. I'll buy a whole bunch and you could take it to school. So together we figured out, you know, what was going on. I mean, he wasn't trying to be mean or anything like that. He was a good kid. He just was trying to fit in. So once we got to the bottom of what was going on, then we knew how to deal with it. And this child's a pastor today. So he turned out okay. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of this conversation is making me think of pastoring, actually, because um, one of my worst fears of preaching is like everybody's going to discover that I'm a fraud because there I am telling you what God says and Jesus says and how to live and I don't live like that all the time, right? So I'm right. very transparent in my preaching, uh, but that's exactly what you're saying to be too. Like you're not calling parents to be perfect in the life they live, but be transparent about how we live and what we do when we fall short. I really like that. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Because we're all going to mess up. It's just human nature. Nobody could, you know, have that standard except for Jesus. You know, that's it. The other thing I like going back to Psalm 23, you mentioned the rod and the staff and and the rod, uh, like, yeah, shepherds used it to count sheep and guide them in at night and stuff like that. They also used it to beat off attacking animals and things like that. So, (laughs) but the whole point 
the rod protects, right? And that's what it's yes. all about, protecting our kids. Yes, we do need to protect our children. And there was one time my daughter got in the car after school and she was crying. She says, mom, I got a pink slip on the, on the yard, which pink slip, that's bad. That's really bad. <laughs> You're in elementary school. Pink slip is really bad. I'm like, honey, it's okay. Tell me what happened. And she said, well, um, me and, uh, I forget her little friend's name. Let's just call her Ashley. You know, uh, so this boy was chasing us and then he fell and we stood over him and we didn't know what to do. And so I tapped him with my foot, but then the yard duty said that I had kicked him and we got these pink slips. I'm like, Hmm, well, let me see if that's true. And I mean, I didn't automatically say, okay, she's telling me the truth. I thought I need to investigate. I said, okay, sweetie, don't worry about it. Mommy will go to school tomorrow. We'll figure this out. So I go to school and I launch an investigation and I talked to all the kids and I said, who saw what? And anyway, her story checked out. She was telling the truth. She did not kick this boy. And the funny thing about it is this boy was like twice her size, which really cracked me up. And um, so I, I went after I got my evidence, I went to the, you know, leaders at large and I said, OK, this is what I've discovered. And I don't think she kicked this boy. And I, you know, defended her and I said, you know, can we get this removed? And I got it. I got it removed for her. And I think sometimes you need to go and you need to find out what's going on and you need to be your child's defender. Mm. Respectfully, though, I'm really enjoying listening to this because I have the impossible child, the impossible kid on my end. And we've been dealing with a lot. But one thing I struggle with, and you mentioned this in your book, there's three C's. And one of them is to be calm and Mm -hmm. to have control for us parents out there. How did you get to a place where you could do that, where you could be calm and you could control the situation? Because that can be challenging for some parents out there. I think when things happen, we just need to take a beat. You know, whatever that first reaction is, just don't go there. You just know that that's, that's not where to go. So when stuff happens, you need to stop and just take a beat and assess the situation. Okay, what is happening here? Do I need to address this now? How awful is this? You know, sometimes our kids will do something, you know, throwing a fit in a store. So what? Like, you know, they're throwing a fit. What kid has not thrown a fit in a grocery store? So people are watching. Big deal. You know, if you start throwing a fit on top of your kid throwing a fit, now you're making a huge scene. You know, just let them do their thing and just be calm and let it, you know, pass by. Like uh, one of my friends, she saw her son uh, drinking out of the chocolate, you know, those Hershey's chocolate containers where you make uh, chocolate milk from. She saw him drinking straight out of the carton. And instead of getting mad and going, why are you drinking straight chocolate? She inquired and said, you know, what son, what are you doing? And he's like, mom, there was just a tiny little bit of chocolate in there at the bottom. And I added milk to it and I shook it up and I made my own chocolate milk. Well, that's ingenious. What a, what a smart kid. Like he wasn't doing anything bad or wrong or overindulgent. He was being smart. So if she had chastised him for, you know, drinking out of the chocolate container you know, that, you know, she would have squelched his little spirit of ingenuity and being, you know, so smart and wise and doing something clever. And instead she found out, okay, you stop. Okay. What's going on? He's drinking straight chocolate. At least that's what it looks like. Right. So you have to stop, you have to pause, be calm and inquire. Okay. What's going on here? You know, give him a benefit of the doubt. And then when he said, you know, you know what he did, then she's like, oh, and then she praised him. She's like, good job. You know, that was pretty smart. 
So I think, you know, if we stay calm, we have to get our calm from God. We got to get connected to Jesus every day because the more we spend time with God, the more like him we become. And so that that's our, our first step. We have to get our time in with the Lord so that we could be more like him. And then that helps us to be calm. So when things happen, when you see things, you just got to take a beat. Don't, don't react. Don't, you know, make a decision on what's happening. You got to inquire. And then when we interact with our children, we need to be clear with our directives. You know, sometimes kids misbehave or do things wrong because they don't know what the rules are. They don't know what the clear directive is. You know, we need to be clear. This is what I expect from you. And if this doesn't happen, this is going to be the consequence. So if you've already laid out the directive and the consequence, there's no reason to get upset because, well, it's cut and dry. If they did something and you already told them this is going to be your consequence, well, it's like, oh, bummer. I told you not to do that. You did. So bummer. You got a 10 minute time out or, you know, depending on the age, you know, you got, you know, an hour doing homework now or, you know, whatever that consequence you came up with. Or one of my husband and I's favorite was we'd make them write essays because they hated it. And so if they did something and we thought it was wrong, we go, okay, give me a, give me a, you know, 300 word essay on why it's not a good idea to hit your sister. And so now they have to, we have some, we got some of the funniest essays after that, but they hated it. I mean, you would think that we, my, my middle son, you would think we were torturing him when we gave him that assignment. He'd sit at the computer and he'd moan and, oh, I can't believe you're making me do this and all of that. Well, you know, and we could be calm. Well, a bummer. You did that again. You know what? We told you you're going to have to do another essay. So knock yourself out. So, you know, stay calm, be clear. There's no reason to get crazy about it. And then we need to be the ones staying in control. The C, you know, three C's calm, clear, and control. And when you know your plan, when you know what the directive is and the consequences, now we, you know, can stay in control. And you know, it's never a good idea to fight with your child, no matter what the age is. Not that I never did. Of, of course, with my daughter, we would have words here and there. I mean, I'm not going to act like that didn't happen. I mean, she was an impossible kid. But, you know, many of the times I would just be like, you know what, we're not going to talk about this anymore until, you know, this can be a little bit more civil. And then I would just, you know, chill out and take it down. And then she, don't you care? Don't you care that I'm having a hard time? Don't you care that that, 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 that mom? And so it's just, it, 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 but if we stay in control, then we can get control of the situation. Your next book, Clue, first of all, Essays from a Punished Child. I just want to read all those essays. <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh, I, I know. Like they were so funny. They were so, so funny. I like what you said about taking a beat. Um, I was preaching a couple of weeks ago on on First John, and, and John's telling the church to love one another. And I was struck there. He says, rely on the spirit. And then I was reminded, spirit in, in Greek, this word pneuma, it means spirit or it means breath, right? And I was like, oh. Like, just take a breath when you're getting frustrated with one another. And so what I do now the last few weeks is I just take this breath and visualize like the Holy Spirit working in me as I settle down and, and take that breath. And it's a chance to kind of reset. And I've really had a lot, uh, a lot less regretful moments in the last two weeks. As I do that. Yeah, that's true. Or, or like with my kids, like if something would happen and I could 
I could feel my, you know, heart rate go up and you feel like you can't breathe or maybe they tell you something, you know, when they're a little older and I would just go, okay. And I would just, you know, do that poker face and go, okay, well, you know, just, you know, give me a minute. And then I go in my room and close the door and then I would just drop to my knees and go, Lord, I don't know what to do with this. You know, sometimes you got to separate yourself and, you know, take that beat. And I would do that. I would just go in my room sometimes and just say, okay, Lord, you know, what do I do? What do I do? But sometimes things are happening where it's in the moment. You know what I mean? Like you're in public or something's happening. In fact, that just happened on Sunday. I was, I went out to breakfast with my daughter and her kids. And after breakfast, my little grandson decided he wanted ice cream. And uh, my daughter said, Nope, we're leaving. And I'll, I, you know, I have some ice cream at home I can give you. And he started screaming, No, I want ice cream. I want it here mommy, I want ice cream. And she's like, no, we're not having ice cream. And so we started, you know, heading out. He didn't want to leave. So he's, you know, throwing a fit in the restaurant. I want ice cream. And, and so then when we leave the restaurant, she's like, he started, then he started berating her. You're a bad mom. You're a bad mom. I hate you. He's screaming out in yeah. the park as we're walking to the car and I'm dying because this is what I dealt with. You know, this was like, so fun to watch. And my daughter's just very calm. I understand you want ice cream, honey, but we're going home right now. I hate you. Okay, that's all right. I love you. It's time to get in the car. And she just, she just stayed calm, but he's just berating her. And, and it, it's just, for me, it's really funny because that's what I dealt with, with her. You know, you didn't give her what she wanted. Then she's going to start calling you names. She's going to tell you she hates you. She just, and, but she just held her ground and said, nope, you're not. And, and then she said, and when you get home, now you're going to bed. No, no. And, you know, he's screaming the whole thing. But then on my way home, she sent me a picture and it was both of her kids sleeping in the car as they were on their way home. So he was just tired. You know, she didn't make a big deal out of it. The poor kid was tired and he was throwing a fit. Now, is it okay? No, it's not okay. But what are you going to do in the moment? You know, what is she going to do? Throw a fit because he's throwing a fit? No. So, you know, I laughed. I thought it was hilarious. But again, that is a reflection of what you did with her. That is true. And sometimes she'll tell me stories and I'll get a text and she'll go, mom, you're going to love this. <laughs> she knows she did it. And then she'll tell me what well, one of her kids did. And it's, it's, it, but she's a great mom. So I'm, I'm very proud of her. I think she's doing a much better job than I did actually. This is great to hear. And a good reminder again, that if we act a certain way, eventually they're going to see it. And it's so important, like you've said a thousand times to bring it back to God and to reflect on your faith to get through all this. Absolutely. I think it's so important. It doesn't happen overnight too. That's a great point, Colleen. Like <laughs> be patient, be consistent the best you can, and it will all come together eventually. And at the end of it, you're going to have a ton of great essays to read. That's <laughs> it's, it's putting in that time over time. It's one day, then the next day, then the next day. You just keep, you know, plugging along and, you know, I think about the golden rule in Luke 631. It, you know, applies to parenting. Treat others the way you want to be treated. You know, would you want to be a kid in your house? We need to treat our kids the way we would want to be treated. And that's just kind of, you know, what my husband and I did. We said, how would we want to be treated? And, and that would, you know, set how we would move forward with what, how we were going to discipline or whatever we were going to do with our kids. Uh, tell us again, Lou, how we can find you online and stay up to date with what you've got going on. 
Yes, absolutely. LouSays.com. L-U-S-A-Y-S. LouSays. That's my website. Thank you again for making time for us. We really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. I always love talking to you too. And thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.